It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. worthy but you to receive this and God I thank you for your word reminding us about sometimes what it takes to do what we're doing you said to offer unto you a sacrifice of praise for some God to lift their hands in the midst of the storm is a sacrifice for some to give you glory when they look around and don't see things working out is a sacrifice But when you hung on that cross and died for us, that was a sacrifice. And if you could die for us, then we can give you worship in spite of us. You're worthy and you're wonderful. Holy Spirit, thank you for being in our midst. We're not so quick to move on to the next thing that we don't pause and sit and pay gratitude for you being with us for some of us God if you weren't with us we would lose our minds if you were not with us we would not be able to go on but thank you so much for your presence we're mindful God that there are some that are here in person some that are viewing right now who are far from you going through a storm and in the midst of a midnight and they don't know how to give you worship but you know what God they're here and you said if they would seek you that you're not going to play dodgeball that they would find you and so Holy Spirit would you meet everyone where they are and Holy Spirit would you breathe on your word that it would help us draw closer to you We thank you so much for this time that we have had in your presence. We don't take it for granted. And it's in the name of the one who's worthy. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray and we praise. And all that agree with that said amen and amen. Can we give Jesus praise? I didn't say clap for me. Can we give Jesus praise? He's wonderful tell somebody next to you it's good to see you it's good to see you you may be seated in the presence of the Lord for those that are viewing online we're just so grateful for you we know that there are options of where you click and the fact that you decided to join with us today we are so grateful and others of you are watching on demand and for that we're also grateful and again uh, it's so awesome to see those of you coming to the house of the Lord 
uh, in the midst of all that's going on in your lives, you decided to physically get up and make it to church today. And for that, we are so grateful. Just want to share a few announcements, you all, before we get to the word today. First of all, can we just give God praise for our worship team and just leading us? Amen. Seriously. I thank God that they're not. Now, listen, they can sing, but they're not just singers. They're ministers, and it's such a blessing uh, for them. Uh, just want to take a moment to remind us that even though we have seen great progress with COVID because of vaccines and all of that, uh, it is resurging in a lot of ways. Uh, and so I want to uh, be mindful for those of you that are members here who feel comfortable with your masks to please do so. Uh, and those who uh, don't, you know, feel like you need it, don't judge folk that do wear one. Uh, I just pray that all of us would be uh, mindful that things are increasing. And if for some reason you've not been vaccinated and boosted and all of that, uh, we're not trying to tell you what to do, but know that uh, we just pray that you would guard yourself, especially as we're seeing this resurge. I want to keep several of our members in prayer. Uh, there's a special couple and uh, they know who they are. I just want you guys to know we are praying for you uh, in this very difficult season that you're in. God is able and God has you. Uh, I want to pray for Dr. Sheila Ireland. For many of you know that many months ago she had a tragic kind of accident that caused her to have to have some hand surgery. And uh, she's on the mend. She's getting better, uh, a lot better. But we just want to continue to remember her in our prayers and let you know, Dr. Sheila, that we have not and never will forget you in our prayers. Amen. Uh, Chuck Overy, uh, you'll see him. He is the guy in the parking lot. Uh, he's such a faithful. Can we just give God praise for the faithfulness of Chuck and, 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 and all of the volunteers, but particularly uh, praying for his dad, who is 99 years old. Uh, 99. Uh, he just got COVID, and, uh, and uh, they've had to move him into uh, St. John's for observation, uh, but he's 99 and doing better than most of us that are 39, and so we thank God for him, but Chuck, we want you to know that we're praying for you. Uh, also, for Sister Ruthie, uh, been by to visit her at Henry Ford Hospital, praying for you and praying that God would supernaturally heal you. He's able. Uh, she said, I can't make it to church, but I'm always watching on my cell phone. Uh, she'll pull it out and she'll be shouting in her room. I said, you can't be that loud now, Sister Ruthie. She said, I don't care. And I said, okay, it's all right. So we thank God for you and we're praying for you. You all, we have been in a series this month on the subject of stewardship. Stewardship. And what that simply means is that uh, we don't really own too much of anything. Uh, because when you die and get in that casket, you ain't taking nothing with you. How many of y'all have ever had a loved one pass and you had to pack up their life? It's the most sobering moment when you have to take a person's life and put it in boxes because they can't take any of that with them. And so you all, life is a gift from God. Uh, the things that God affords to us in this life are gifts from God, whether it be money, uh, which is, again, a gift from God that he gives us to be stewards over. And we talked about the importance of being generous in our giving and being people who say to God, you know what, you've been good enough to give me resources, good enough to open up the door to have a job or good enough to have 
uh, income of some sort. I want to be a blessing back to you. It's a good steward to say, God, you've been good to me and I'm going to be good to you. Amen. Uh, and so we talked about uh, that on last time. And then we talked about the fact of God's provision for us. Sometimes in the midst of the most unusual places that God can show up in the midst of the wilderness and still be one who provides for you. And what he asked us to do is to be stewards of obedience and stewards of gratitude in the midst of our wildernesses. And even though you may not be in the place you want to be, God always takes care of you. Uh, isn't it good to know that even though you may not be in your dream job and in your dream house and in your dream relationship and in your dream car, you still got food on the table, the bills are still paid, God is still, I mean, come on now, isn't he meeting your needs? You know, uh, Cheryl said something earlier, and, I, and my pastor used to always say this, uh, this might be as good as it gets. I'm not, I'm not saying that it is. I pray it gets better for somebody. But, but listen, what if this is as good as it gets and you're waiting on another moment to give God glory or you're waiting on another situation to give God praise? This might be as good as it gets. So while the breath is running warm in my body and I'm able to give him praise, I'm just going to give him glory because he's just been that good to me. Anybody grateful for how good God has been to you? Amen. So we talked about that last time, but today you all want to turn the corner, and it's so interesting that Cheryl, uh, I was saying to her as she came and kind of tapped me uh, on the shoulder, I said, I was just thinking about you, but I'm so excited because she's actually going to be leaning into a teaching with us. Uh, she'll be announcing it soon uh, on the subject of spiritual gifts, but I want to talk today about spiritual gifts. Now, in the 80s, I missed a series that came on television that was super popular, and so I actually ended up visiting the reboot of it. Uh, but anyway, sh show this clip if you don't mind, please. So I missed MacGyver when it came out in the 80s. That's the new MacGyver. And, uh, and so how many of y'all watch MacGyver? Anybody ever watch MacGyver? Uh-huh. And so y'all, MacGyver could take a paper clip and fly an airplane right? Uh, basically, you all, he was able to, just with his extreme knowledge of how to take regular, ordinary, everyday items and turn them into solutions for whatever situation or predicament that he uh, has been in. And you all, whether we know it or not, I grew up in the church hearing uh, about the Holy Spirit and about who he uh, is, and I used to always think that the person and the work of the Holy Spirit were the people making a lot of noise on Sunday. Uh, there, were, there were always people that when they start playing the Hammond B3 organ and they start doing certain kind of things, those people would start losing wigs and eyelashes and they start taking laps around the church. And I, and I would say to mama, mama, what are they doing? She said, baby, they got the Holy Ghost. And I said, oh, wonderful. Uh, they just caught the Holy Ghost, baby. And then when the music would stop on cue, they would stop. And I said, well, mama, they must have do the Holy Ghost back. The bottom line, you all, my view and my understanding of the Holy Spirit was emotion. My view and understanding of the Holy Spirit was people making noise and getting loud and having emotional responses. Not saying that the Holy Spirit doesn't give us the ability to feel his presence, but he is so much more and greater than that. Let me just share with you all this. Holy Spirit, he is the third part of the Godhead. Christians believe in a Trinitarian view of God. God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God 
Holy Spirit. And the way that Holy Spirit operates is that when Jesus died for us, he said, listen, I'm not going to be walking the earth like I've been walking. And so I'm going to send you someone who will not just be with you, but will be in you. And he said, and now greater works will you do because of his presence in you than what I could do when I was with you. What an amazing statement that greater things will the people that will come after do than the people that are with me can do because the people that are with me can only do what I can do when I'm with them but the people that come after I leave they will be indwelt with the Spirit of God and they will be representatives of me throughout the whole world if you are a believer in Jesus Christ how many of y'all are believers in Jesus Christ if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior that means Lord I submit to your leadership Lord I submit to your sovereignty you are my God nobody but you I'm broken I'm flawed I'm sinful but I acknowledge that you're my God if you've ever done that you are a Christian and that means that you are listen you are indwelt you are uh and you are housed with the nature of God in the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's some churches that teach that you don't have the Holy Spirit after salvation and you've got to tarry for him or you've got to wait for him. Uh, I don't believe that that is true because the Bible says that in Christ is the fullness of the Godhead. So if I got Jesus, I got the whole thing. I'm not going to go to a drive-thru and order a number one and then drive off without the fries. You can't tell me that I got a meal and I don't get all the things in the meal. So if you get Jesus, you have been connected to the Father because of his sacrifice, but you've now been indwelt by the Holy Spirit because of God's promise. And the Spirit of God is not for goosebumps. It's to solve impossible scenarios. The Spirit of God is in you to do two primary things. Watch this now. To reveal and develop his character in and through you. And that is called the fruit of the Spirit. Now we're going to talk, we're not going to talk about that today. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit today. But the fruit of the Spirit, guess what? Every Christian has all of the fruit of the Spirit. Well, Pastor, what's the fruit of the Spirit? I'm glad you asked. Uh, things like love. I can't. I, I just don't have. I just don't have it in me to love everybody. Uh, then that mean you ain't got the Holy Ghost. I, I'm just sorry, now, Pastor. Something that some folks just get on my nerves, and, and it's some folks I just can't love. Then that means that you do not have the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because if you have the Holy Spirit, you have the fruit of the Spirit, and one of the fruit of the Spirit is love. And if you can't love, then it means you ain't got His Spirit. Love and peace and joy and long-suffering and temperaments, all of these different fruit are, listen, these are endowments of His Spirit for every Christian to develop the character of God in our lives. Now watch this now. Some people can love more because they abide more. I can tell your relationship with God not by what you tell me, but by the character that you have. Because the character that you have will reflect on the relationship that you have. Now listen, y'all, all of us are growing, aren't we? Ain't nobody perfect. Don't judge nobody for not being where you are. And don't judge nobody for not being where you think that they should be. All of us are on a journey. So I want to encourage those of you all that are saying, well, wait a minute, I think I don't have as much as I need in the joy department. 
I don't think I have as much as I need in the peace department. I, oh, man, you know what? I don't feel like I got as much as I need in the, in the self-control department. Don't leave that up to you. Leave that up to the Spirit of God to work in you to do what you can't do by yourself. But you cannot have him increase unless you decrease. And the more you and I decrease, the more his spirit enables that. Now, the fruit of the spirit deals with character, but the gifts of the spirit are very different. The gifts of the spirit, you all, are given by God for the purpose of building up the church, of edifying the church, which means that a church that is using gifts will be a built-up church. And a church that is not using gifts will be a church that is not built up. The purpose of the gifts of the Spirit are not to edify you. They're not to build up your reputation. They're not to build up your renown. They're not to build up your agenda. They're not to build up your end game. The purpose of the spiritual gifts are to edify and build up the body of Christ that we might be all that God called us to be. Now here it is. A lack of knowledge of your gift creates a problem for us. Because your lack of knowledge about what you are called and gifted to do means that there's an area of the church that is not being built up because you don't know what you're called to do. Pastor, I don't know what, I'm, I don't know what my, my gifts are. I, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't, know, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And so as a result, I'm not going to do it because I don't know. And not only am I not going to do it, I'm, I'm not even going to try to figure out what it is. Because I see folk that work in the church, they look like they're always tired. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, I look at folk that work in the church and eh, I don't, I don't want to be known with that group of people. So you know what? I'm not even going to seek after spiritual gifts. Because if I seek after them, God might tell me. <laughs> and if God tell me, I might have to be accountable for what he tells me. Can I tell y'all, some of y'all don't want to talk to God because you don't want to hear what he got to say to you. <laughs> That's why you don't want to be coming to church. Y'all want to, I don't want to talk to God. God might be telling me something I don't want to hear. Ignorance is bliss. So you think. So you all, the gifts of the Spirit are given by God, by, by the Spirit, not by a pastor, not by a church. Not by denomination, they're given by the Spirit of God as he determines for the purpose of building up the body. Now, the fruit of the Spirit, every Christian has all of them. The gifts of the Spirit, not every Christian has all of them. The gifts of the Spirit are given as the Spirit determines to give them. And everybody does not have all of them. And everybody does not possess the extensive broadness of all of them. But God gives them, and he gives them as he intends. Now listen, let me get to it. They're given after you get saved. You cannot have a spiritual gift and you are not saved. Because it is a spiritual gift. And unsaved people or people who are not Christian or people who have not acknowledged Jesus as their Savior, whereby the Holy Spirit can come, those people do not have the ability to have a spiritual gift because they do not have the Spirit. 
So many people will misinterpret, watch this now, a talent for a gift. And so there are many churches that will look for talented people and not for Holy Ghost gifted people. A talented person has talents given by God, yes, at your natural birth. But that is not for the edification of the body. That talent is not for the building up of the church. It could be used in that way, but it's not for it. But spiritual gifts are only given to Christians for the express purpose of building up God's church. Listen to me well. Why is the church of Jesus Christ around the world in trouble? Some would say because we're in a post-Christian world. That could be a facet. Some would say, well, the world is becoming increasingly secular. That could be a reason. Some could say, well, people are falling away from God. That is definitely a reason. But I want to add to the list, one of the reasons why we're not seeing the church be all that she has been created to be is because there's not been enough building up of it because there's not been enough releasing of the gifts in it to build it up. I'm going to knock some stuff out when I talk about my particular gifts and how some of y'all expect me to be gifted in a way I'm not gifted. You about to get your feelings hurt if you come to me expecting me to be what I can't be just because you need it. I'm almost finished with my book, y'all, by the way. Isn't that exciting? Come on now. Oh, y'all, oh, this is it's, it's rolling out. And the book is on capacity. And the book basically simply says this. Just because you need something from somebody don't mean that they have the capacity to be what your need demands. <laughs> you my parents and every parent is supposed to do this who told you that just cause your mom and daddy knocked the boots it didn't mean that they had the capacity to be what your life demanded so could you love them the way that they are and not the way that you want them to be that's why you love God cause he loves you the way that you are and he sees your crazy behind so let me, let me say this some of y'all done left the church cause you thought that I was supposed to be to you what I'm never gifted to be. You can't train nobody to be gifted. You can't take a class to be gifted. You either got it or you don't. And I'm gonna help somebody set somebody free. You better leave people alone and let them be who they are and talk to the God who is able to give them what they need to be what you might think that you need and stop trying to be God to them. So, we're going to talk about power. Say power. Acts chapter 1. You all are familiar with the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles and the Bible tells us that when Jesus called a cloud, uh, he made some promises to his Disciples, And one of the promises that he made in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 was that when, listen, let me, let me tell you, let me, let me read it. I hate technology. 
My pastor would tell me, that's why I don't use technology, preacher, because you decided you're going to use Here we go. I got it, though. I still got it, Pastor Meeks, even though you said I can't use it. I got it. Another way. Right. So Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is telling the early church as they're gathered together, waiting to see what the next move is going to be. Let me tell you what's getting ready to happen to you. You all will receive, what's the word? power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He says, so, so right now, you don't have what, what it takes. Right now, you don't have what you need. Right now, you don't have my presence. But in a little while, you will receive dunamis or you will receive power. You all, dunamis is where we get the word dynamite from. And this power rearranges things. This power activates things. And he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the result of the power will not be shouting. The result of that power will not be a Holy Ghost headquarter meeting. But the result of the power will be you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I'm going to give you the ability to represent me locally, regionally, and globally. And doing it in a way that will be undeniable that you belong to me. And so the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, look at it. In the message uh, translation, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. And it filled the whole building. Then like a wildfire. The Holy Spirit spread through their ranks and they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. So on the day of Pentecost, it was, a, it was a feast day of the Jewish people. The Bible said they were gathered together. And when they were gathered, the Bible says like a rushing wind, like a hurricane uh, uh, gale wind, the Spirit comes into the room and then he separates in these cloven tongues of fire over all of them. And then he fills all of them with his Spirit and they began to speak, it says in the King James, in other tongues. Now, you all, please be mindful that we're not talking about the tongues that you hear uh, at the churches now. Because that's not the tongues of men. I believe that there are two spiritual gifts, and I believe that both of them are in operation. There's the tongues of men and the tongues of angels. There's a spiritual language that God can give to a person. The Bible says that he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself builds himself up. So some people get mad at that time. Like, well, that's see, 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 you're building yourself up. Well, I, my God, I need to be built up. I don't know about you. There's some times I need to be built up. So if the Spirit of God will give me a gift to build up broken down Harvey, then my God, I'm going to use that gift as much as I can. Now, the problem is this. Hear this well now, church, because I'm your pastor, is when the gift of the angelic tongue is given in a church service and folk don't know what it is. It cannot build us up like it's building you up. So let's just say I'm up here. And by the way, don't, 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 don't look at me. How can you just decide to speak in tongues when you want to? Um, how can you decide how to breathe when you want to? It's a gift. And when you get a gift, you don't have to wait. It's like the gift of teaching. 
I can't be like, okay, I'm not sure if it's going to manifest yet. Hold on one second. When, it, when, it, when the gift of teaching manifests, I'll be ready. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Okay, open your mouth. You know what I'm saying? It don't happen that way, right? It, it's a gift, and I have it. So let's just say, and I'm not, now I'm doing this and say, please don't take this clip and then not put it in the context of what I'm saying. So if I, I have the spiritual gift of tongues. So, for the sake of example, Now, how many of y'all have ever heard somebody do that in a microphone? Out of order. Unless there's an interpretation, you don't know what I just said. So now I just seem most spiritual in you. Because you don't know how to do that. So now you walk around trying to be like, I left my keys in a Honda. <laughs> Come on, I left my keys in a Honda. Tie it on top of the Bottom line, y'all, listen, I'm, I'm being funny, but I'm being very serious. The reason why some folk don't go to church is because we're misapplying spiritual gifts in a non-biblical way in the community and they don't know what we're doing. So, spiritual gifts are given by the Spirit for the building up or the edifying of the body. In this text, when the Spirit of God came, they were not speaking in the tongue I just gave because that's an unknown tongue. It's unknown to me. I don't know what it means, but God knows. But they spoke in the languages of the people that were gathered. And they weren't just speaking, but they were preaching the gospel. Not just in their languages, but in even their dialect. Come on now. That means they were using southern drawls for the Kentucky folk. And they were being like, what up, though, for the Detroit people? Come on now, don't look at me like that. They were speaking in the dialect of the people, but communicating the gospel. And they were unlearned men speaking in the languages and the dialects of other countries by the Spirit of God giving them the gift. So why aren't we seeing these gifts in operation? I believe it could be because we just don't know what they are. So let me just roll through them. Can I do that? This is an overview. Sister Cheryl is going to give y'all a walkthrough in a little bit more depth when she announces her teaching time, and I'm excited about that. And so I just pray that you all would lean into that. Now listen, now listen, don't have the opportunity to learn what your spiritual gifts are and then not take the time to learn them. Don't, don't do that. We got one of the greatest teachers in the world that's going to break it down to you when she does. And don't be like, well, Pastor, he went so fast that he just gave us a topical view. I wish somebody would have gave us a deeper dive that I could. We about to do that. So let's look at this talent versus gift. Say, say preach fast, Pastor. <laughs> talent versus gift. A talent uh, is a common grace of the Spirit, but it's given at the time of natural birth, you all. Uh, the spiritual gift is a gift, a gift that's given by the grace of the Spirit, and again, it's given at the new birth. Talent at your natural birth, gift at your new birth. A, a talent, you all, uh, can be that of instructing, right? You can be really good at instructing people, entertainment, inspiration, uh, but it's all on a natural level. 
So these people that are talented, it doesn't mean that the talent is not uh, ultimately from God. I mean, God is the creator of everything. But it's not specifically for the building up of the church. A gift, however, you all, is different. It is a spiritual endowment. It is, it is for spiritual growth of the saints. It is for Christian service. And so there's several examples in the New Testament in the book of Romans chapter 12 and in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as well that outline some of these gifts. And so this is not an exhaustive list. It's not an exhaustive list, but this is a good way to start. So in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8, these are the gifts that are mentioned, the gifts of prophecy, the gift of ministering or helps, the gift of teaching, the gift of exhorting, the gift of giving, the gift of government or ruling and leading, the gift of showing mercy. So Romans chapter 12, verses 3, 3 through 8 outlines those gifts. But then there's another listing of them in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 8. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the spiritual gift of working of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the gift of discernment. And then he also mentions in verses 20 through 30, the gift of tongues, the gift of the interpretation of tongues, the gift of the apostleship, the gift of teaching, Again, the gift of helps is mentioned. The gift of ruling is mentioned. And then Ephesians chapter 4 turns the corner and it still mentions uh, God giving an endowment to the church or a gifting to the church. But this gifting is in the offices that these individuals will occupy. So these are not just gifts by themselves, but these are spiritual positions or offices that people uh, will possess in the body. The gift or the office of the apostle, the gift or the office of prophecy, the gift or the office of the evangelist, the gift or the office of the pastor and teacher. And so you all, I mentioned again that these is not an exhaustive list. There are many other uh, uh, gifts that are mentioned in other places, but this is a good summary of what those gifts are. Now what I'm praying and hoping in these next few minutes that I have is that as you hear some of these gifts, listen, that you ask yourself the question, wait a minute, I resonate with that. I kind of feel like this is something that the Spirit of God has been operating in my life uh, to do. I, I've been sensing that this is what I've been, been doing. I didn't know what to call it, but that's what it is, right? And my prayer is that maybe God will uh, turn the light bulb on about maybe a gift of the Spirit that has been in operation in your life already, but you just didn't know what to call it. But then for others of you, my prayer is that the Bible says, desire the spiritual gifts, desire them. And to desire them means to say to God, God, I want what you want from me. I want the best for me. And so I, I don't know what the gifts that I have are. I'm not sure what they are, God, but, but now that I'm aware of what some of them are, God, I'm desiring uh, the gifts, whatever it is you want to give me. But you might even say to God, God, it would be great if you give me this gift. It'd be great if you give me that gift. How many of y'all know if you knew somebody had a gift for you and you had the ability to ask them that you would? Come on now, don't look at it. If somebody had a million dollars, look, y'all do it every time you go to the Powerball. Don't look at me like that. I'm talking about you don't know how to ask nobody for a gift. Every time you pay your numbers, you asking for a gift. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm done, I'm done with y'all. <laughs> word of knowledge, word of knowledge, word of knowledge. The charisma or the grace gift which enables the believer 
to search, systemize, and summarize the teachings of the Word of God. This gift brings illumination of God's thoughts not discoverable by human reason. This gift gives supernatural information about a person or a situation that could only be given by God. This, this gift enables a person to have a keen insight, clarity about something in someone else's life that they have no idea about. How many of y'all have ever had somebody pray for you or speak over you and they were specific about something that you knew that they didn't know nothing about? You know what that does? It makes you say, oh, there must be a God somewhere. There's no way that you could know that information because nobody knows that but me. Nobody knows that but me and my family. Nobody knows that but me and my doctor. And the fact that God just said that to you is revealing that there's a word of knowledge. I, I know something that I could not normally know unless the Spirit of God revealed it. Now, you all, uh, every time I pray, for the most part, for the most part, the word of knowledge is in operation in my prayer life. It only happens when I pray. I don't, it doesn't happen when I'm just talking to people. But when I grab hands with somebody or if I'm praying with somebody, God will begin to give, I mean, specific information. And sometimes it's almost so strange. I'm like, I can't say that. Because if I say that, they're going to be like, you a kook. But every time I obey God. And I tell them what it is that God just gave me knowledge about. They're like, how'd you know that? And I'm like, I didn't. And guess what happens? Guess what happens? They get edified. You need to hear me now. People who don't believe that God is real, they need to see God in operation. Y'all better hear what I'm saying to you. The church is the place where people are supposed to meet God, not a preacher, not songs, not sermons, but God. When you meet God, you don't leave the same. When I meet a preacher, I leave the same. When I meet a choir, I leave the same. When I meet a building, I leave the same. But when I meet the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, I cannot go home the same way. And we want to know how to have God show up. It's not always in the spooky, spooky. Sometimes in his gifts operating through you so that the glory cannot go to a preacher. <laughs> but to God. Wouldn't it be awesome if the church were full of ministers ministering his gifts and not just waiting for the minister? to minister his gift and watching his gift and watching their gifts and you sitting on your gift God does not want you to watch gifts he wants you to activate your gifts so that everybody can be edified and everybody can be built up and nobody gets the big head come on somebody word of knowledge say word of knowledge word of wisdom let me move it Word of wisdom, the ability to apply knowledge to a situation or circumstance and exercise spiritual insight into the execution of an action associated with that knowledge to know what to do, to know what to do. I don't know about you, but there's some things in life that sometimes I don't know what to do. And wouldn't it be awesome 
to have the word of wisdom that God gives you the answer of what to do. And wouldn't it be amazing if God has anointed you, child of God, with the supernatural gift from him to, to allow somebody who doesn't know what to do to say, let me tell you what the Spirit of God is telling me that you should consider doing. You all, I believe that when we operate in these gifts of the Spirit, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit who has been so misinterpreted and so maligned and so undervalued, all of a sudden his role will be what he intended it to be. Most of us, you all, we talk to the Father. Watch your prayer language. Father God, Father God, Father God. Father God, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. When have you ever said Holy Spirit? We never talk to him. We never even acknowledge him. Most of us, come on now. Most of us in our prayers, Heavenly Father, Father God, Lord Jesus, Savior. But none of us say Holy Spirit. Now listen, I know the Father, my God, we got to worship him. Jesus, he's our Savior. But can I tell you something? The one that lives in you is the one you ain't talking to. And you wonder why he's not revealing himself and giving more of himself because you don't even talk to him. Gifts of healing. No, I'm sorry. Faith. Uh, where am I at? I'm, all, I'm, I'm getting uh, beside myself here. All right. So, uh, yeah, so word of knowledge and word of wisdom. Knowledge is stuff you don't know that God reveals. Wisdom is the ability to apply what you, what you heard. The gift of faith. Mm. Extraordinary confidence in God's promises, power, and presence to take heroic stances for the advancement of the kingdom. A person with gift of faith believes God against the impossible. I'm not talking about faith. Everybody got to have the faith. The Bible says that every man is given a measure of faith because you're saved by faith. So you got to have faith to be saved. But that's not the gift of faith. People with the gift of faith have a supernatural endowment to trust God regardless of what they see. Oh, you better believe it. When a person has the gift of faith, they can walk in a situation and their eyes will never see the natural because all they'll see is the promise and they will not let what they see in the natural circumvent what they know in the spirit. Oh, you better hear me. The gift of faith looks at your doctor's report and says, ha, ha, whose report will I believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. The gift of faith, when you look at your bank account and ain't nothing in it, you say, that's all right, I'm still going to give and I'm driving to church and my tank is on E, but God's going to come on now. Has anybody ever said? Some of y'all only ain't been there before because you bougie and you ain't been on E. But some of us have had to believe God for gas. Faith is when you ain't got no food in the refrigerator and the stuff is turned off and you got a candle burning in the house. And, oh, don't look at me like that. And you done learned to, can I say that, Negro rig. 
I'm being nice. Negro rig some stuff. And you ain't got no uh, electricity and your heat is off. So you get the stove and you turn. And you leave the door open on the other. Don't look at me like y'all ain't been there before. Don't act like you bushy and you always had power and you can turn stuff off. I'm talking about the oven. And then they ask you, how you doing? Oh, baby, we blessed, honey. Oh, God is good. Oh, I don't know when it's coming, but it's coming soon. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen soon. As a matter of fact, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Even though I ain't got no money, even though the lights are off, even though everybody left me, I still got joy because I walk by faith and not by I need some folk in the house with the gift of faith. I need some folk that will walk through situations and say, I'm not worried about what I see because I never walk by what I see anyway. Y'all hearing me? If we don't have a church that is filled with people with the gift of faith, we'll be filled with people only with the gift of reason. And you're going to have meetings to try to reason your way into the blessings of God. You better know that the best things that ever happened to you didn't have nothing to do with your reason. The best gifts that ever happened to you, God opened the door. God made a way. God blocked that. God. It wasn't your plan. Your five-year plan. Your strategy. Come on, somebody. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? You better say, God, I need some faith. Come on, tell, tell them, say, Lord, I need some faith. This church is called Citadel of Faith, by the way. I just thought, I don't, maybe y'all didn't read the whole thing. Maybe y'all... I thank God for, for Pastor Ellis. I really do. Uh, and, and, and Citadel of Praise. But this is not the praise... This is the faith. And faith means that you need to stop looking at things in the natural. What did God say? What did God say? And will you trust him even when you're being tried? Because the Bible says that the trying of your faith will develop patience and the ability to say you know what been there done that got the t-shirt uh I, I didn't work through that before oh my bill's been cut off something cut off before god done, oh we didn't we done made some sandwiches before with some butter and let me just say to those that are listening right now i don't know if the lord is telling me this listen uh i mentioned earlier a couple that is so dear to me let me just say to you, I know this is a dark night of the soul right now. I know this is a tough season right now. But I need you to walk by faith. I need you to walk by faith and not by what you are feeling and what you are seeing and what the circumstance is saying. Because the devil is coming after you. But you better know one thing. Jesus prayed for you. <laughs> and you ain't going to go out like that. You're going to go out on top. 
Child of God, the gift of faith is a gift given by God for the, for the person who has it to supernaturally trust God no matter what the circumstance or situation. And I don't know about you, but man, that sounds like a pretty good gift to seek. And so the Bible tells us to seek spiritual gifts. Tell somebody next to you, seek spiritual gifts. Come on, tell somebody else, desire the spiritual gifts. <laughs> Let me hurry up. Gift of healing. The ability to intervene in a supernatural way as an instrument for the curing of illness and the rest restoration of health. Gifts of healing. There's ever a time that the persons who are anointed by God with the gift of healing is needed is today. And you know what? Let me just say this. If you got the gift of healing, we don't want to wait in line in a church to see you. I'm not looking for the person with the gift of healing that's sitting on a throne. Waiting for somebody to wait, wait in line to come to them. I want you to go to the DMC. I want you to go over to Sinai Grace and ask for the, the, the intensive care ward and go in there in the name of Jesus and say, let me show you that God is still real. Let me show you that God is still a miracle working God. I say to y'all, get up and all of a sudden they got to pull off ventilators and pull off machines keeping them alive. That is when people who are far from God will believe that God is still real. It's not in a church where only church people get to watch church stuff. We got to rethink how we have these gifts operating. We, we, we keep having a, a show in front of the folk who already got it. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome if the body would be built up by seeing the gift of healing in operation? But wouldn't it be deep if all the saints in, in the church, before they start running to the HMO, they start saying, call sister so-and-so. Some of y'all don't know nothing about this, but there was, there was a time in the church where the mothers of the church had the gifts of healing. Y'all don't know nothing about that because this is 2022 and now we got to go to the doctor and we got to get our finger pricked and we got to get all these tests run. But there was a time there was some mothers of the church that knew how to talk to God and they had some little oil in their hand and they said, come here, baby. What's going on with you? I know y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all don't believe it, but they would lay hands on you and all of a sudden what was wrong was all right. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever met somebody that had the gift to pray for you and you felt better on the other side of it Lord bring it back bring it back God bring it back 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 take us back to the old landmark take us back to the old landmark folk ain't coming to church to hear people no more folk ain't coming to church to hear choirs they can sing better at a concert they want to meet God we need you we need you to exercise your gifts are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We need you. We need you. You know, I love this sister. Let me tell you why. I'm going to tell a story that she don't even know I'm about to tell. But I'm going to tell you how mature you are. How mature, how... Uh, so, she knows how to praise God. And so, when she first came here, you would let out a hallelujah that I heard at my house. I knew how to get here. I didn't need a GPS. I'm just like, okay, there you go. <laughs> there was a moment where her praise and her worship, so authentic, so towards God. But one thing I know sometimes you are 
is that sometimes because we control the gift, sometimes the Holy Spirit is trying to say something one way and I might be saying something at the same time the Holy Spirit is saying it. So we came to you, remember that, and said, is it okay if you could just tone it down a little bit in the times that all of us may not be worshiping together? And she just said, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And she's still been coming, still worshiping. You come to somebody else and tell them something. Oh, you going to try to come to me? Oh, you trying to tell me what to do? You can't stop my praise. I'm going to go where I can pray. Not, not her. So I want to say to you, thank you for being teachable. Thank you for loving God. And thank you for being mature enough to still come and sit in the second row every Sunday and give God the glory. Come on, give God praise for her. Oh, yeah. Most folk, you can't say nothing to. You get cussed out. You get cussed out after the hallelujah. <laughs> Healing does not... The gift does not heal every illness. The gift does not depend on the sick person's faith. Remember the guy that was uh, let down? I got to stop this. I feel like Fred Price. In a few minutes, I'll be like, we'll catch you next time. Remember that? <laughs> I like it. He, I'm about to do that today. I'm going to pull a Fred Price on y'all. Um, so here it is. The man who had friends saw that he was sick. Jesus was in the house teaching. They tried to get to bring him on the couch, on the stretcher to Jesus. They couldn't get in. The Bible said they went up to the roof of the house and they tore up the house. I heard somebody say that in those days, part of the thatching was manure. <laughs> so they pushed through the manure to get their friend to Jesus. Nowhere in the text did the man on the cot say anything. But the Bible says when they lowered him down to Jesus, he says when he saw their faith, he healed him. The gift of faith in, the, in healing enables a person to even have healing be given when the person themselves did not ask for it. The gift of miracles literally mean the working of powers, an event of supernatural power, palpable to the senses, accompanying the servant of the Lord to authenticate the divine commission. Miracles, they, they cause people to know that God is still working. And so as I close the day, and I'll finish these up next time because I don't want to overwhelm you. God has given to every single one of you at least one gift of the Spirit. At least one. And it would serve you and us better if you were to figure out what that is. And not just figure out what it is, but actually operate in it. This past week, I had a chance to operate in my gifts. And by the way, I don't have a gift of administration at all. You don't understand me at all. But some people want me to have the gifts that I don't have. 
So our denomination had an evangelism conference this week, and I was one of the principal speakers because I am an evangelist. That's my heart. That's my call. And this past Thursday night, one of the brothers that's here in the church today, he and I got a chance. So I've been, I don't know, it's something about Gratiot that's been like burdening my soul. I mean, Gratiot got a lot of stuff going on Gratiot. So I said to this brother, he said, look, man, let's pray together. I said, yeah. He said, man, you've been talking about Gratiot for a minute. Let's go to Gratiot. So we met at the Hollywood Coney Island on Gratiot at night because that's when I like to go out. Some of the saints like to go in the daytime when ain't nobody out. I wanted to go at night. And what was so deep is as we walked down the street together praying, talking to God, we both came up on this place with these guys working on this auto shop. And I was walking past. I said, man, I want to go talk to them in my head. But I said, I don't know if he want to talk to them. And he looking and I'm looking. He, I said, man, I want to go. He said, I do too. Anyway, we went in there, prayed with the people. The whole group of men came out, bowed their heads with us and prayed, believing God for the salvation and the deliverance of his son who's in the hospital. Listen. Nobody had to make me do that because I'm called to that. When somebody got to make you do something, that's when you know that ain't your call. But when you naturally can't help but to do it, you know that that's your call. You might be trying to run from it, but you can't help it. Some of y'all are running from it, but it's running to you. I'm a pastor. I love people. My wife told me one time, uh, I'm, I'm done for it. It's my last close, you know, three times. <laughs> my wife told me, she said, um, somebody called me once and said, I need you to do a funeral service for a loved one in my family. They, they, they went to another church, and another ministry. And my wife said, well, why don't they ask their pastor? <laughs> it's true. I mean, you know. But they didn't ask their pastor. They asked me. I don't bit more care about people leaving, staying, in between. When I meet people who ain't been to church in a while, they start going through the apology tour. Pastor, you know, uh, <coughs> you know COVID, and I'm sorry. I'm like, how you doing, man? I don't own members. God owns people. I don't own people. And so don't, don't feel. So bottom line, I'm a pastor. I love, and what's so funny, Vinny, is sometimes when the Lord tells me to pray for people, people around me be getting tired of me praying for people. Isn't that funny? And I'm so grateful that I never got tired of praying with Leota. I'm so grateful why everybody else was telling me to stop talking to Leota, send Leota home. I'm like, no, this is Leota. And she come to me, pastor. <laughs> I want to show you what I write and what I'm working on. And because we loved on her and we helped her get closer to Jesus, now she's in heaven saying, God, let me show you what I've been working on. Hey, glory to God. Hallelujah. You better hear what I'm saying to you. 
I'm a pastor. I know my gifts. Do you know yours? Your gifts will bring you life. I've been sick in my body. But because I'm a teacher, when it's time to teach, the anointing will come on me. And if sickness is in the way of me teaching, God will remove the sickness so that the gift will take prominence. But your lack of knowledge of your gift will have your sickness continue to take preeminence. Why would God heal you to do what? Deliver you to do what? Provide for you to do what? Nothing. God, make a way for you to do what? Open the door for you to do what? Nothing. More of the same. So in Jesus' name, desire the spiritual gifts. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We honor and we bless your holy name. And we thank you so much for reminding us that you have not left us without stewarding the gifts that you have so lavishly bestowed upon us. Thank you, Lord God, for this church. I really thank you that this is a church that loves your word. <laughs> that I don't have to stand up here and wonder whether or not they'll be bored hearing from your word. Thank you. But God, I pray more importantly that they would not be hearers of the word only, but doers. Somebody heard a gift that resonated with their soul. Yes, that's what I do. And I don't remember doing it before I got saved. That's a gift of the Spirit. Wow, I didn't know that. Others are saying, well, I don't really have those gifts, but you know, there's one of those gifts that I really wish I had for the glory of God, not for my name, but for His. And I desire, God, would you, if you so will, endow me with that gift so that I could help build up the body so they can be all that you created and called her to be. So God, would you speak to your people and give them, Lord, clear pathways to understanding and getting revelation about the gifts that you've given. And for those who have gifts of the Spirit, let them not quench the Spirit, but let them operate and move in those things that you've given. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you're listening right now and you say, Pastor, I wish I knew Jesus. I wish I could say that I had a relationship with God through Jesus. I don't. There's no judgment. None of us were born Christians. We had to be born again, the Bible said. Why? Because the first birth only gave us talent. The first birth only gave us no relationship with God. But the Bible says that we have the opportunity to be born anew. Born of the Spirit. And guess what happens when you're born of the Spirit? You get spiritual gifts. You get fruit of the Spirit. So if you're listening right now, both here in person or online, and you would be honest and say, you know what, Pastor, I, I don't really know Jesus like that. Or you know what, I did know him, but I fell off. I, I walked away from God. The great thing about God is he's at the edge of the road like the prodigal son waiting for you to return. Not to judge you, not to ask you to clean up and get right. He just will love you just the way you are. So if you're listening, he wants you to come to him. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. 
So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us, and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT, or please visit us on our website, Citadel of Faith. Dot org that simply spells C I T A D E L of Faith dot org all one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us, and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together, one person at a time.